Welcome back to the Progressive Conservatives. I'm Dr. Rand Michael, and this is my wife. Catherine Michael. We're back with another riveting episode. This week, we're just going to talk about like what's been going on. So, um, Rand had something that he was very passionate about this week, having to do with uh, nutrition. So, he's been working on um, cutting down some weight while building muscle right now, and he's been using a really cool app that helps him adjust his diet and exercise, and um, he's going to talk about how there's some pitfalls in the dieting community. Yeah, absolutely. So the, I've been using this app called Carbon Diet Coach. It's um, put out by Lane Norton, um, and it's subscription-based, and it makes it very easy to stick to a macro um, flexibility diet, which basically just gives macro targets, macronutrients, which are protein, carbs, and fat, and you put in your weight and your goal weight and the amount of time you want to take to get there, and it spits out the, the numbers that... Um, that it'll take and week to week by adding your weights and by examining the changes it alters your calories and your macros up or down and that's made it really easy for me to kind of go on autopilot with it and I've been steadily losing weight which has been good I'm trying to downsize so I can speed up my running and also just lean down a bit for the fall and I'm in a Facebook group for it, and something that I notice that keeps coming up, especially that can create a harmful narrative for those in the dieting community, is uh, meticulous and rigid ideals of measurement, specifically weighing foods to the exact gram or to the fourth significant figure um, being that, for example, someone posted today uh, that an English muffin actually ended up weighing 64 grams instead of the, uh, the 57 grams listed on the nutrition label. And their caption was, you must weigh all your foods. You never know how much you're going to get. And with the notion that those extra 8 grams or 7 grams might be altering their um, results that they'd get from following the macronutrients plan. And to me, that um, creates a harmful narrative for people who are more um, relaxed and trying to just follow the plan and get to their dieting goal um, because it creates a hyper-awareness of these things and an inherent fear that, oh, the nutrition label might be lying or I need a scale every time I'm going to eat to, so that I can eat exactly the right amount. Um, and that's just unrealistic. Um, when you're out um, with family, when you're at social events, um, at some restaurants, they're not going to have the exact portions or there might be oils and butters here and there. And it's good to be flexible with your dieting and not so hyper aware because if you are, if you have a fear that those things are lying to you or that you're gonna not lose weight, you won't reach your goal, ever reach your goals if you're not eating to the exact gram prescribed, then that's where disordered eating comes in and a poor relationship with food. And by being a little bit more flexible, then you can just trust the process and just be consistently not as meticulous. Like for me, for example, I don't count the pan spray that I spray on the pan before cooking meats ever. 
Um, so that's, I don't know, maybe 10 calories. So that's maybe 10 calories each time I'm cooking meat that I'm not counting. But it's the same 10 calories each time I'm cooking meat. So I'm not worried about that stopping me from reaching my goals one way or the other because it's, um, it's like a baseline that's not being counted. Um, and when we go out to eat, I'm not searching the exact macros or even creating my own entries and um, databases. I'm just finding something similar and using that as a surrogate. And I'm steadily losing weight right on track with the app and it changes if I'm not losing weight. And that's what, I, what I've been kind of thinking about on how um, these narratives can be shared across the dieting community to harm or support people in their goals. Um, on the other side of that, uh, it just kind of reminded me, this week someone um, posted on one of my mom groups um, actually saying that she's struggling with overeating and having no self-control, um, eating when she's bored and really putting on a lot of unhealthy weight and feeling sluggish. And, um, and I, uh, you know, I, I commented and, uh, encouraged her to check out Overeaters Anonymous. Um, and they actually have a pretty useful website. And then there's also meetings, which right now can be a little bit tough, but a lot of the, Uh, anonymous programs are hosting virtual meetings so that you can still have that fellowship Um, and they really go about things with um, any type of unhealthy and disordered eating by addressing your triggers your emotional state your uh, relationship with your own body and body image Um, and it can be really healing Um, but it is you know a little bit this is where just my opinions coming in. It's a little annoying when people kind of do things like that just for attention. Like I had given this resource to two of the women on this post who were complaining about how fat they felt. And um, instead of, you know, being grateful or exploring it or actually using it because they want to improve themselves, it it actually seemed that they responded more to just the people who were encouraging them to give themselves grace and just do whatever they need to do and not actually make a change for the better. And, um, you know, we see that a lot in today's society. People just want to be uh, affirmed in what they're doing rather than actually be helped to make a difference. But hopefully they will get to the point of readiness um, to make a change so that they can be healthier for themselves and their kids. Isn't that a common thing that you see in the mom communities, like uh, supporting um, poor behaviors, whether that be wine culture or overeating or not exercising or Or giving up breastfeeding? That's a common thing, too. Like, you know, it's a shame that the mom community has become so like divided when it comes to feeding, you know, your children. It it the child is just the most important everyone wants what's best for them and um and we also want the mom to be well supported and in a happy state while taking care of her child um and uh and yet we have so many moms who will come on and maybe be struggling with breastfeeding or saying how like it's being painful and instead of 
telling that mom like that she can do it or something to help reduce the pain or to see a lactation consultant so many people will just say like oh it doesn't matter just give formula like and and sometimes that's what it seems like moms are looking for just someone to tell them to give up and to not try whereas other moms who actually want support end up feeling undermined by that you know they're putting in so much effort they're putting in so much time you know they're going through a lot of pain to give their baby what they know is is the best nutrition for them and they want support in that and then they have someone undermining them by saying it doesn't matter um as a matter of fact a post came up this week where um, a family member of mine uh, mentioned that she um, wasn't able to breastfeed for very long with her first child um, and i did help to spread some education that um she's pregnant again and that with each pregnancy you actually do develop and mature more milk ducts in your breast so it's more likely with each subsequent pregnancy that you'll be able to uh, produce milk if you did have a supply issue in a previous um, situation and uh, and someone else came on that post and and said like oh it doesn't matter and you know the the common thing all that matters is that your kid is fed yes they're eating ice cream um and obviously that's there there you go there's a fault to that because if you're feeding your infant ice cream that is not uh sufficient but anyway um i helped offer some support and education like i said we're not going to the park honey it's almost bedtime um and uh just giving that support and knowing that you can do that is important and maintaining that fine line of um of education versus shame so if a mom made a decision in the past or of course with her first child and it didn't work you know they're, they're never to be shamed for something like that and I just wanted to touch on the father slash husband's um, side of supporting a breastfeeding wife and mother. And um, through the newborn to um, young child stage um, that I've been living, the best thing that Catherine has told me that have been supportful for her have been like, well, first of all, of course, words of affirmation saying that she's doing a great job on a consistent basis and that she's doing what's best for our children, even through these difficult times or through any times that may be difficult, which is often with young children. And additionally, um, providing um, physical support, um, whether that be taking the children from her at times um, in order to keep them occupied with um, playing in the playroom, going to the park, doing things so that Catherine can have her me time um, while still continuing to breastfeed has been um, critical in our relationship and in raising our children. Um, and that includes any chance I can get. And especially um, when I'm coming home from work because I know Catherine has been with the kids the whole time that I was at work and that's not to be discounted and in fact it's to be praised which I um, do my best to honor all the time by um, again offering that verbal and physical support. And talking about that just to go through some fun of just what we did this week Randy had uh, an 88 hour week so 
It was just me, Lottie, and Lily for a while, and we had a lot of fun. Um, we actually went to um, Thunderland, which is a small amusement park with little um, rides. We went to Fairy Tale Town, which is a little playground um, place with all fairy tale themed um, like slides and um, activities. And we also went to the zoo and for the first time ever we got there like early enough uh, at 10 o'clock is the giraffe encounter so Lily actually got to feed a giraffe with um, lettuce and we um, made it to a local lake Lake Natomas in Sacramento there's a nice aquatic center around there that has a little beach you can rent um, you can rent uh, water sport things like paddle boats and uh, paddle boards. We brought our own kayak. I was very proud of myself. I was able to bring the kayak, the kids, the stroller, the tent, the packed lunch and everything. We had a little picnic on the beach. Um, and then yesterday when Randy got home, we had some nice quality time as a family. He, um, he, he uh, spend some time with the girls so I could uh, do my manicure, which I've been doing at home by myself. I do the do-it-yourself color street nails. Um, so side note, if you're interested in that, I can, I'll put the link to my store um, up with the podcast. They're really great. And I did a sparkly um, turquoise um, silver ombre this week. Um, and uh, and then we all we try to combine our exercise because that's a really big part of our um, relationship and our own self care. So um, when Randy went on his run yesterday, he took Lily in the stroller, and I went on the bike with Lottie in the trailer. And so and he also ran with Buttercup. So we all went out and did a fun thing, and we actually did that again today and then we jump in the pool afterward cool off and it's a really nice time to spend together something else we wanted to talk about was um the tragic murder of the young boy canon tenant i believe was his name and he i believe was a five-year-old boy he was outside on his bike and he was brutally murdered um, execution style with a gunshot to the head in front of his siblings and parent and um, this tragic incident is being highly politicized this week in the context of the other tragic murders that have happened this year, such as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Elijah. And they're being compared um, to fuel this partisan race war um, that's currently happening in America. And my stance on this is that it's it's pretty night and day um with this canon incident the man a 24-hour like manhunt was immediately initiated to find this criminal he was found he was immediately arrested no one's arguing that this was a crime or was not a crime and he's clearly being prosecuted whereas with brianna taylor who was shot dead in her sleep by police officers they're still walking free and it's it's even contentious at all that they're criminals, uh, of which they obviously are. And that is the clear difference in these scenarios. Um, 
whether the assailants are being considered criminals or not. Um, and yeah. that's the that's the crux of it. Yeah, and so it, um, it's been a little bit frustrating um, this week to see some of our um, conservative friends sharing posts that they almost kind of want to liken to some of the other posts uh, advocating for the black lives that were um, taken and um, and there it just really shows a clear misunderstanding of the movement um, it's not about how many black people are killed by black people or how many black people are killed by white people or how many white people are killed by black people it's not about statistics or um you know or when it happens we know people of all colors are unfortunately killed in our country by other people of all colors um the issue here is that when a black person is killed and especially by uh, a position a person in power um they are not given justice by arresting and charging the person who committed the murder. Um, whereas when a white person has um, a crime committed against them, especially murder, um, it nearly always is immediately prosecuted um, and immediately serving justice. And so to see um, someone, someone's life needing to have... Um, millions of tweets and shares and petitions just to um to have police you know get involved or police be prosecuted is a clear inequality um and and so to me that seems clear and so it's just frustrating when you see people um acting like they are also um uh, being unfairly treated as a white person because that's that's just not the reality. Um, and so I this week tried to share a post to maybe help people better understand the whole Black Lives Matter hashtag that it essentially is short for Black Lives Matter as much as white lives or as much as any other life like that that's the difference between black lives matter and all lives matter is that yes every life does matter but right now black lives aren't being treated as if they matter as much as white lives and so um we're still working on that and i personally don't believe that it should be something that's like political or that it should matter if you're a progressive or a conservative a democrat or a republican um because as you know, we are, Randy and I are both um, very pro-life um, and we care about um, every innocent life especially. Um, and so uh, we have no problem helping to um, advocate for black lives, both um, those who are killed by police and pre-born um black lives as well um and uh randy's in taking care of lily but um one thing that we also um do is we we donate to an organization called let them live um 
which helps to support women in crisis pregnancies to provide um, usually sums of thousands of dollars to support them um, considerably through like the first years of the child's life so they can keep it and anyway this week we got an update uh, about a mom who we supported and having an ultrasound and doing well and just being so um, grateful that she was able to keep her baby and um Something else we wanted to discuss that came up this week was um, consent and especially around um, childhood consent Mm -hmm. and the um, agency that all humans have in having things done to them or for them. And we, uh, well, I'll speak for myself, I support that notion, and that includes young children and underaged um, women, girls. And, and non-sexual um, interactions. And, of course, non-sexual interactions. So all things, like I said, done to or for them, whether that be tickling or hugs or kisses on the cheek to family members or other people as well. And you want to talk about that? Yeah, and I mean... Just this week, I mean, again, I don't think this has to be something that is political either. It should be universally believed. Um, But um, this week there was a video that surfaced that was a compilation of... um, that was a compilation of uh, snips of Joe Biden and his interactions with young women and children. Um, And... Honestly, it was just very uncomfortable to watch this video, which I did share um, on Facebook. He often was putting his hands like around women's waists and pulling them closer, playing with their hair, putting his face close to their face. And um, and the context of this video um, as it was shared was actually a piece all about grooming and how... Um, how you can like slowly uh, adjust a child to these inappropriate behaviors to um, try to accustom them to it and create a progression Um, and so it's just something to like look out for in your everyday lives like if you have friends or family members who are forcing themselves on um, a child especially when you see the child making movements of discomfort like shying away or wriggling or um, or even pushing the person off um, it's you know it's so important that adults like respect that um, whether they think what they're doing is nice or um, or not and um, and Regardless of if someone is in power or not, like we don't have to hold someone permanently responsible for something they've done in the past, but I think we should encourage people to change and to recognize if something in the past that they did was inappropriate. Um, and so even if um, you have a family member, or like a grandma who thinks it's completely normal and respectful for the children to kiss them and their grandfather goodbye, like you know, you can tell them the the error of their ways and that that's 
that's not correct. It's inappropriate thinking and that your child will not be forced to hug or kiss or interact um, in any way with anyone, regardless of their relationship. Um, and I think that's just an important uh, an important thing that that people need to recognize and that it is something that's lasting from childhood um, because just having those kind of participates in a grooming so if you do require your kid to react to I mean to interact with someone in a certain way they just kind of get taught that that's normal and that there are certain people that they should interact with in a way to appease them and that um, they they should always do something that may be uncomfortable for them if it makes someone else happy or makes someone else feel good and obviously you can see uh, how that could extend into um, really terrible situations and to kind of broaden things a bit um, I wanted to talk about how the unfortunate state of the two-party system in America is actually I mean definitely negatively affecting the country on all fronts but um, most specifically because the two-party system does hold their own platforms. So you can easily Google the 2020 Democrat platform, the 2020 Republican platform, and the unfortunate reality is that the senators, the congressmen, and the president running under these platforms is supposed to be um, like acting in accordance with these platforms. And that's bad because these are polar opposite platforms, as you can imagine. Just one example is that the Democrat platform supports abortion up to 40 weeks of pregnancy, um, which I don't think, which the majority of Americans, as it's been shown in large polls, do not support, even even registered Democrats, which that seems silly to me that, um, that the Democrats running under that platform that's probably true that even the people running under that platform don't support that, but that is the platform for the party, which is inappropriate for them to even be having a two-party system. And even as we've seen with this election, having someone like Bernie, who isn't in accordance with the 2020 Democrat platform, running as a Democrat. So I think it would behoove the country to expand the two-party system to um, a more gradient um, type system. And if it were up to me, I've, I've said this many times before, I would personally get rid of the, executive brand, of the executive in itself, the presidency position, and I would pr- much prefer to vote for a cabinet instead of having them appointed. And then the other major change to government structure that I think would make the biggest difference would be having term limits on Congress people and senators. The amount of career Congress people that we have just disgusts me that they don't have to live by the laws that they're creating and enforcing, um, most specifically and most prominently um, Nancy Pelosi, who has been in upwards of 35 years, um, Mitch McConnell, who has been in upwards of 35 years, and now we have um, Joe Biden running for president, and he's been in and around Congress for nearly 50 years, I believe. Not to mention these people lose touch with what the people who elected them actually want. You're supposed to be initial, like the whole idea of Congress people is that they are someone of the community who understands the people who live around them and what they want from their government. So something that I hope millennials and Gen Z can kind of move towards is either 
going into Congress before having a career and having and enacting and laws that might support whatever career they're going into or working for some time in an industry and then going into Congress in order to change industry of things that they saw were issues and then going back to industry afterward. Um, having these elitist class of Congress people that um, practically and effectively are above the people doesn't make any sense to me in the constitutional republic that we live in. And just to talk a little bit more about um, health and fitness briefly, I just wanted to... Or maybe not. We'll leave it for next time. <laughs> Catherine gave me a look yeah, we're, that we're running we're on 28 sure that, minutes. Yeah, Lily's clearly uh, annoyed that we are not giving her our undivided attention, as you can hear. She likes to... Uh, she literally just screams <laughs> repeatedly. <over> us. <laughs> um, and uh, it's almost the girl's bedtime, so um, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, day, whenever you're listening. <laughs> Bye.